Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to the Winter is Coming Game of Thrones podcast. This is Take the Black, and I'm your host, House Razor, and I'm here with Isis and Corey Smith. Corey Thone will not be joining us tonight because he's got an ouchie. Um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about, we haven't been on air in like a month, so I kind of missed you guys a little bit, just a wee little bit. But uh, we're going to be talking tonight about um, Season 8, all the different information we got about it. But before we get into that, we're going to be talking about some prequel information that um, you may have heard about a month ago since we didn't talk for a month. But the first big thing is we know that um, per uh, James Hebert over at Entertainment Weekly, the um, timetable for this this uh i guess the prequel is five thousand years right smith it's five thousand yeah, years before the, the current game of thrones time yeah that's what they said I, I think they're probably still playing on exact but ultimately i, I mean five thousand ten thousand i mean what does it really matter at that point you know what i mean i mean you think about human history the difference between now and five thousand years ago is you know so it, you well, know, five thousand. Really, it really puts into context what Martin wants to call it, the long right. night, even though it's probably be called something else. But you Martin really, wants, really, really, really wants to call it the long night. Like and, he, he, he practically made HBO bitch slap him and tell them that they're not calling it the long night. So pretty much, yeah. But ISIS, do you know what the long night is when we talk about? Since you're a Shonley. You know what we're talking about. I have no idea. My only question is, is if they're going back how many years? 5,000. 5,000. So it, are we going to see, like, Melisandre as a kid? <laughs> She's going to take her necklace off and she'll look normal. Yeah. Uh, that's, what, that's my only question. That's the only question that came to mind. Is she going to look like, you know, a regular person? Or maybe I, get, in maybe my get mind, she would be the only one that would be available. <laughs> you know that her her storyline could could go back that far. But uh, yeah, no, that would be amazing if she was on there. That'd be hilarious. But uh, so basically, the long night is this time period right around the five thousand year mark from the current Game of Thrones timeline, where it was the uh, longest winter in uh, recorded history of Westeros. Um, and it brought on this time period where it was just basically the description. It was a long night. It was dark. The sun didn't come out. And this is when the first, this is the first time the, uh, white walkers decided to show their faces and they, they attacked humanity. And so, um, there's a story in season one that, that old Nan tells Bran about the uh, the long night. She actually tells Bran the story of the long night. And she says the White Walkers on their giant ice spiders and their dead horses. This is what happened then. And this is when the story of the, uh, you know, the, the last hero comes about. He's the one that had his magical sword Lightbringer that defeats the Great Other. So I'm not, I don't know that we're going to get that exact story. But we do know that around this time was the Age of Heroes. And the age, this Age of Heroes is where many of your great houses in Game of Thrones were started. Like, like um, House Lannister wasn't always called House Lannister. It was called uh, House Casterly, or they were just the Casterlies of Casterly Rock. And... Um, you, you had like instead of instead of House Tyrell, it was House Gardner that ruled the Reach, and um, you know House Stark had these. There were these big name people like House Stark had Bran the Builder who went around and he supposedly built the Wall. He supposedly built Winterfell. He supposedly built uh, Storm's End, where um, the Baratheons live now. But the Baratheons didn't always live there. They weren't always there. So there's a lot of things going on, and um, we got some news on casting, which we're very excited about. Naomi Watts was cast as the lead female role. Um, Isis, how are you feeling about that? 
Well, I mean, I think Naomi Watts is an exceptional um, Aussie actress, and I'm actually really excited um, to see, you know, what role she plays. Hopefully, um, she's going to be playing, you know, a very powerful female role. Um, you know, if she's a villain like Cersei, then great. I think she would kill at that. Um, I think that would be something that would definitely be in her wheelhouse or even being somebody as cunning as uh, Lady Olenna, uh, you know, would suit her just fine. I think I think, you know, her being kind of like a, a Cer- uh, Cersei counterpart would be uh, the best would fit her type of acting the best. Right. Um, but I would absolutely love to have her on TV. Um, you know, she's mostly known for you know, movie acting and everything. So this is going to be definitely, you know, different for her uh, doing a, a TV role. So, but I'm excited. I think she's an excellent actress and I think she can bring really something really good to the table. Which has got a lot of people worried that she is the Sean Bean of the prequel. The big name hired, the big talent hired to come in for one season bolster up everything, class up the joint, and then gets killed off at the, at, at the end of the first season. Yeah, um, I mean, I could, I could definitely see that. I mean, you know, that, that's the, 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 bring, the person to bring everybody in. Um, you know, I think that Game of Thrones or the people involved with Game of Thrones have done a really good job. And, and I would even say have written the playbook on how you can go ahead and bring in no-name actors and make them household names. So it would not surprise me if they just brought her in for one or one and a half seasons. Uh, she can go ahead and do that and then, you know, move on to something else. Uh, but her be the, the maybe some catalyst um, for the rest of the storyline. Absolutely. And, and you know, hell, I could see her sitting on a fucking dragon. So uh, I wouldn't have no problems with that either. Well, but apparently well we're not going to have dragons, right, Smith? Yeah, apparently, uh, funny you should mention that. Um, <clears throat> they did talk about how they're probably not going to have dragons because at that point in history, uh, the Valerian Empire was just getting its start. Um, and so they were not really kind of a factor, so we should All probably... Alright, well, I'm out now. <laughs> no dragons. <laughs> nope, I'm out. I'm tapping out. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I mean, I definitely see how she could be the Sean Bean role. I'd argue she's a much bigger star than Sean Bean is. Ooh. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's fighting words, maybe. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... Don't get me I think wrong. you ask the average person who Naomi Watts is versus who Sean Bean is. I think more people are going to know Naomi Watts. Um, what? You, y'all don't think so? I don't. I mean, maybe. Well, I don't no, know. We're going to have to pull up the IMDb pages. No, no, no. But I mean, really, if you, if, I'm going to pull a, a, a freaking Corey phone on you guys. <laughs> they do totally different movies. Okay. So it depends on what kind of movies you like to watch. If you're into, you know, probably intrigue, uh, not that no Naomi Watts hasn't done movies like that, but that is definitely more in Sean Bean's wheelhouse where he is, you know, the hero, you know, or sometimes he's the villain, um, action movies where that's where his reign is. Um, Naomi Watts is is definitely, I would say, more versatile, uh, where she has done like romantic movies, where she has done action movies, where she has done, you know, very dramatic acting. Um, so just get you're, you're just talking her, about you're just talking. Just get through with an erotic thriller on Netflix or something. Some kind of uh, she plays a, a psychiatrist who seduces her patients or something. I did not know that. Apparently, you've gone pretty deeper into uh, no. I'm serious. Netflix than I have. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I have, I have no idea. You. But I know that Sean Bean has never done that. No, so. Sean Bean has definitely <laughs> not done that. But, I mean, I'm just saying. Well, uh, and and I said that she this. was an Aussie. She's actually from England. So think I think about this for a second, though. What about when you when you think about Sean Bean before Game of Thrones? If you could say. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you said Sean Bean? You would say Boromir and Lord of the Rings, right? And I, yes. Easy, right? 
Yeah. yeah, and then and then after that, I would probably say, um, oh my gosh, which is the one with the um, the the Constitution movie, the the the, the National Treasure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All right. I I'd say either the James Bond movie or that um, what was the one? Um, God dang it! Um, what? Hard. What? You can't you can't do it, can you? You have what? to come up with a major title for him, and it's Lord of the Rings, and that's why it's hard for people to come up. Namely, Watts is a is a, is a named actress, so you yeah, might have a point. I mean, yeah, I guess that's what I was kind of getting at. I just feel like more people would know Naomi Watts, but I I don't know. I mean, as far as I, I definitely she does fit the mold. Either way, she fits the mold of someone we bring in, and you know, she's the big name. She's the the person at the top of the poster all that stuff, and then we kill her off because we can't, you know, afford to keep her around forever. But I I just, I I don't feel like they would go that route again. Right? Yeah, I kind of think that's tropish now. Yeah, it just seems like they, they pulled that trick once on us, and I, I just don't feel like they would pull that on us again, you know, because I don't think it would be as effective the second time around, you know, if they kill her off in the first season. I'm not saying she won't ever die, because obviously it's Game of Thrones, so you know everybody uh, dies. Exactly. So, but I just as far as like killing her off in the first season and doing that that Sean Bean type role, I just I don't know if they would go that route because it just seems like it's been done before, and they you know they love to do stuff that hasn't been done before, you know, in films. So okay. I don't know. So just for some perspective, so. Uh, Sean Bean and I just feel like I we need it. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of action movies. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like drama and and romantic movies and everything, but I, I'm a big fan of action movies. Sean Bean, G, uh, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, 007 Goldeneye, Patriot Games, Troy, National Treasure, you know, wow. The Martian. Ronan. I, mean, I was thinking of Ronan. That was the movie I was know, thinking of. Silent Hill. Oh, um, damn. You know, flight plan, Percy Jackson, which he played Zeus. Uh, you know, I mean, these are all very Ronan, yes. Um, you know, very, very action centric um, movie. And then he also did Mirror Mirror, but we're just not going to talk about that because <laughs> that was <laughs> fucking awful. Uh, you know, Cash. I mean, that that was you know another uh, action movie. I mean, I I mean, I guess what I'm trying to look at is. His body of work is just completely um, different from what Naomi Watts is. Not that I'm trying to diminish anybody, anybody's, you know, stuff in there. I mean, she was Princess Diana. Come on. There you go. You know, I mean, th- this is the, you know, she. They're just completely do two different actors being in two different types of movies. Um, so I, I just, I don't, I don't, I just don't want to try to say, oh yeah, you know. Um, one is bigger than the other. They're, they're, I think in their respective genres of movies that they do, they're both very well known. Good point. Um, we have bandied about um, who she might be playing, especially if they're going to cover the Age of Heroes. And an idea that I really like is that she plays a gender-swapped role in in that she might be playing the uh, originator of House Lannister, Glenn the Clever. Um, and in this story, Land the Clever is the guy who uh, tricked the Casterlies out of Casterly Rock. Uh, basically, in the Age of Heroes, he goes in and he he um, sneaks in through some tiny crack in the rock, and he goes up into the castle and he impregnates some of the Casterly women. He steals things and puts them in the rooms of other people, and so it basically eradicates House Casterly. And he becomes the new head of the house and changes the name to House Lannister. And so his name was Lan the Clever. And so I kind of like the idea because she has – it's funny that you bring up that she ha- – you know, you could see her in the Cersei role. She has that Lannister look naturally. Like she looks like a Lannister to me. And I could see her becoming like Lan the Clever, but, you know, she she tricks the king of the rock out, out of his – out of his his seat and becomes and changes the name to her last name. I don't know, Smith. What do you think about that? 
Uh, I mean, I definitely think it's possible, and yeah, I'd love to see that because I, I think one thing they've they've made perfectly clear as far as this whole series goes is it's not going to be a hundred percent like what we've read so far, and obviously everything we've read is just snippets here or there from you know uh, Martin's books, right? But even he makes the point of that it happened so long ago that it, all that stuff could get has you know could have gotten lost in translation, right? So she could easily be Land the Clever could easily be a woman, right? Right. You know, and all kinds of other things that we think, you know, we kind of know what happened or whatever could easily be different just because it happened so long ago that, you know, shit's gonna get changed. It's not like they wrote everything down in books back then. They didn't have books. You know, yeah, the first the first men didn't even record things except for in runes, basically. Right. They just told stories and you know, like Basically, like early man did, you know, we didn't write down books. We just told stories over and over and over. Well, you know, over thousands of years, that stuff's going to get changed. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that'd be a, a really cool role for her to play. Um, and you know, we don't know what happens to land the clever in the end. So, you know, that would also leave everything, you know, up in the air. So, I I think that that's one of the key things about this series is that it takes place so long ago they can play around with everything, right? Right. Well, what I found was odd, and Isis, you'll like this part, is her her role is described as a, so, a socialite who has, who is hiding a secret, a dark secret or something like that. So, like, I don't, I don't even know what to make of that. Like, if, if this is taking place 5,000 years before the current timeline... Um, we're going to be in a much different looking Westeros than we we are now. Like if the Westeros we're in now is 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 medieval, this is this is basically the Stone Age almost. And you're I, I don't socialite is such a weird word to use. So maybe we're looking at somebody from a rich family, which basically describes uh, the Casterlies and and Land the Clever and that whole storyline, or the Gardeners from the Reach. Uh, somebody somebody threw out this this whole theory that she's the Night Queen. I think that's a dumb theory. I, I don't I don't think you could sell me that on in a million years. There's there's the whole story of the one Lord Commander who who married a, um, a white uh, a woman who had white skin and blue eyes and. Uh, Claimed himself as the Knights King, but I I I don't think that's it. I think I think you were going to look at somebody who comes from a rich place and a rich house, and whatever her dark secret is, maybe she knows what's coming. the The White Walkers are coming, and she knows that. I don't. I, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know Smith. I I know the reason I keep going back to Corey Smith on this is because he's read the books. He's read the world of ice and fire, and you know he, he, you're familiar with this. But again, this is uncharted territory for us. So um, there was another actor cast for the lead role. Um, if you've watched Poldark, Isis, I know you have. I do. Um, uh, Danelle's lover, Armitage, is going to play a male lead character. Um, I believe his name is Tom Whitehouse, right, Smith? You wrote Cor- that. Correct. Yes, Tom White. He, he um, on first glance, and, and, I, and I read your coverage of it, on first glance, he has that, that Alfie Allen, Theon Greyjoy look. And so there were some people talking about, well, yeah, obviously he, he's going to be Ironborn. But if you think about this, Theon on the show doesn't even look like an Ironborn. Like the Ironborn are hard, like, they're just—they look like they're chiseled out of rock, like out of the sea. They—they they look washed up on shore, like dried beached wood. Like Theon Greyjoy doesn't look like an Iron Islander to me. So I have this theory that this guy, who came from Poldark, is going to be playing Bran the Builder, a young Bran the Builder. Um, and Isis, as as I just described earlier, Bran the Builder created Winterfell and the Wall and. And storms in. So, I mean, you you saw this guy on Poldark. What do you think about this casting? You know, I mean, I guess it's fine. I have no problem with it. I mean, 
I didn't, let's just put it this way. I was not left like in awe of his performance in Poldark. It was okay. He was annoying. He was really annoying. It, it was just like, eh, okay. But I mean, we'll, we'll just have to see what that comes. I, I hope they're going to bring some more people. Um, you know, and this is something else. I wouldn't even be mad if, uh, you know, if Naomi Watts was, you know, um, some kind of character, like kind of Tyrion, really, really bright, um, somebody who, you know, were, you know, is part of the family and is really the kind of brains of, of the operation. And, and this guy could be the sniveling idiot, um, that is also part of the family. No, seriously. I mean, I could definitely uh, see where, you know, that could happen because, like, like you said, he was really kind of annoying um, yeah, on the show. And I can definitely see where, um, you know, that that could definitely happen. OK, let's let's obviously we've talked about the prequel way too long, way too much. So let's move on to okay, yeah, season I'm- eight news. So Until we got some, some really good stuff, I don't really care. <laughs> we got some really good season eight news, and before we get to the first photo that was released from season eight, um, and it's all about the shipping of the Janaries, we're going to talk about a character that we all missed last season, and he's coming back for season eight, and I'm pretty fucking excited about it. Ghost is going to be in season eight, Isis. <laughs> <laughs> I I know you are excited. I I can I can hear it in your voice. He's not only not only is he going to be in season eight, but he's going to be in there for some significant screen time. So my question to you is this: Is Ghost going to just walk around Winterfell and people are going to like, you know, ruffle up his his fur, or maybe he's going to sit at John's feet, or is he going to get outside the walls and wreck some White Walker dick? Okay, so the fangirl in me wants both, okay? Why yeah. can't I have both? I want him to curl up at John at John uh, at John's feet and you know while he's got, you know, uh, Danny with him or it just him just standing very protectively over her and things like that. No one's going to be ruffling that fucking big ass dog's hair. You know, people I mean, come on. <laughs> they they understand that is you don't do that, um, but I really really want to see that like loving. I I want him to show how much he loves. He loves him and and that they have like a true partnership together. And then not only that, but I want him to I want him to go and wreck some dicks. He's so, got to wreck some dicks, right? Yeah, he, he's like, we haven't really seen dicks. him do much. Like in the books, he does so much fighting alongside John. He does a lot of things, a lot well, of action. And, and I feel like that was definitely something that got lost in, you know, in the shows and everything. I mean, granted, we got some really great fighting moments um, with you know with John and everybody else, and you know, with definitely um, with the wildlings and things like that, and understand that you don't want you don't want to with that many people on the set you don't want an animal to get hurt or trampled or think because bad things can oh happen. yeah but I, I mean i i understand that uh but i think we've missed some really great opportunities to see you know really to see ghosts being a second for john um it, not only when he's fighting but just as a companion in his just day-to-day life I went back and watched the uh, Jon Snow resurrection scene the other day. I was just kind of browsing through some like some of the best of the scenes from uh, Game of Thrones on YouTube, and just having Ghost in the room, like whenever uh, Thorn and the rest of those guys start banging on the door and telling him to come out, and Ghost gets all pissed off and his hackles get raised. I mean, like they missed out on so much not having him in season seven because. He really brings a great presence, and he he adds everything to John. Like John, obviously, not they don't translate to the books. Like to the books, the, the Stark kids and their dire wolves are so much more to each other than they are in the show. But Ghost, really, you're right. Ghost is a great second to John, and I want and I had really everything everything for me. Not having Lady Stoneheart on the show. <laughs> oh, Lord. Here we go again. 
<laughs> it's not I'm kidding. Stop trying to make it happen, okay? It's not it's never gonna happen. <laughs> I've accepted it. But at least give me one scene where John is out there swinging long claw and he's about to get stabbed from behind by a, a white walker and and ghost jumps in and rips the rips the white walker's arm off or some shit. Okay. Smith, you gotta be down for that shit. Yes. I, I I am. And from all accounts of what we've heard about the Battle of Winterfell, um, which we'll I guess we'll get to in a little bit, the the Battle of Winterfell is just gonna be all hands on deck, all over the place, just insane. Um, but here's my real question is what happens if Ghost dies? You like, shut your dirty whore mouth. Like what if they bring him back and he he goes out, you know, like summer. You know, he oh. he he does save John from from whatever, but then, you know, he immediately gets torn to shred by the you know the all the undead zombies. So like, what? I can't take that. I won't be able to handle it. I mean, they're gonna punch us in the in the gut a couple in times. the dicks. Yeah, we're getting punched in the dicks. Until yeah, it's gonna happen a couple times in season eight. And I mean, Ghost would really be up there, especially as far as. Yeah, I mean, they, maybe they kill another dragon, but I mean, at this point, Ghost would be, I think, one that would hit us harder than you than... morbid son of a bitch out there. You say Ghost and another dragon. Hey, dying. This is Game of Thrones, man. This isn't Wheel of Fortune, okay? Like, I just people... hear this guy over here. I'm just saying. I'm just uh, saying. You know what? I mean, he does bring up a, a very good point. I mean, what <sighs> what way to go ahead and hurt uh, book fans and TV fans who love to see? you know, ghost. My only thing with that is, um, I think the fact that we have not seen him that much, I, I, we would have to look at what the payoff is. I'll tell you this. If we start seeing a lot of ghosts and we're yeah. seeing these moments with yep. him and John and everything, I think so he's, a, he's a goner. Yeah. yeah. He's a goner. He's a goner. Agree. Agree. Yeah. If it's one of those situations where, you know, there's just, you know, a couple of scenes and then, they over there fighting and stuff like that, then I think it'll be fine. Um, I, I really would like to see Arya's um, dire wolf. Uh, oh, she's you know, coming back. That I she's think that would be back. great to where yeah. she can defend her brother. She's coming know? back with like a horde of wolves or something. Like that. Yeah. That's every that is every fanboy and fangirl's dream. She's coming back. Nymeria yeah. rolls through the Battle of Winterfell. And just like they just chop down a whole fuckload of whites yeah. and clears a path for like an an escape path for the right. living, some kind of shit like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would love that. That would that would <laughs> that would totally be fangirl <laughs> kind of situation. We're writing our own fan fiction right now. Like I I'm I'm really excited about this. <laughs> but, oh yeah, we could outline. We could totally outline our own fan fiction here. I'm telling you right now, if Ghost. If Ghost dies in in season eight, I'm making a Leave Britney Alone video on YouTube. I promise you. I, I, you know what? I if and I agree with you. I mean, it, it would be sad. I think you got have a little bit more emotional vested interest in in it because I think you're because you're a book reader versus I'm just a sh- you know a shonly. Uh, for me, the people that I would it would make it would hurt me to see them die uh, would be Tyrion. Uh, it would be Braun, uh, would be, you know, um, oh, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, Brienne. Uh, Arya. Arya would be right. Arya. Oh, Arya. I, yeah. Arya would be a tough one. I could, I don't, I don't think I could. Yeah. Arya would be tough. Sansa would be like, mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, those are the ones that I'm like. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna tear me up uh, to see that. Uh, okay, let me ask you guys this, and I and I'll go to you, Isis first, and then you, Corey, second. In season eight, if there was a Hodor type death that just wrecked you to fucking pieces, one character, gotta pick one and only one. Who would it be, Isis? And I go first. Yeah. Tyrion. Tyrion? Tyrion would wreck you that bad? I mean, I yeah. like Tyrion, don't get me wrong, but he would wreck you Hodor style? He would, and you know why? Because he has a relationship with almost every single character 
in that show with John, okay. with Danny, or I should say the main characters on that show, uh, with Sansa, uh, you know, uh, his brother, uh, Braun, you know, I mean, he's, he's got Pod. I mean, he's got all of these relationships, all of, all of these relationships kind of center, if you think about it, with Tyrion. He's if there the was going to be, it, it, yeah, exactly. If he was, if there was anybody that was the glue, varies, um, you know, that there was somebody who was the center, um, you know, giving counsel to all of these different people, whether if he's over here, you know, kind of in the sidelines making deals and stuff with the, with varies, or if it's giving counsel to Danny, to John, I mean, he's the main person that everybody kind of looks to. So, yeah, do you imagine how devastated um, his brother's going to be if he dies? He, he gets all the way up there and his brother's dead? Okay. You know? I mean, okay, that, that would get me if Jamie witnesses Tyrion dying. Yes, that would get me. I mean, but no, not even that. Someone who Dan- Danny respects and loves, um, you know, like a brother for all intents and purposes, even though they have fights all the time. But, I mean, she, she respects him. So does John. Um, Sansa, I think, would even shed a tear for him because he he treated her with kindness. Um, I even think that, uh, um, oh gosh, uh, who's the guy that uh, had Arya and he was, ugh, I can't remember. His the name. Hound? Yeah, the Hound. Sorry, I've been drinking. Uh, which is not a shock. <laughs> uh, the, the Hound, you know, I think he would be devastated. There, it, there would just be devastation across all of the important characters, even the secondary char- uh, characters. So yeah, I, he would make me cry Hodor style because he has, he is the, I mean, John and Danny, yeah, they're the main characters. And I say that with air, air quotes, but the real, if you really, really think about it, everything centers around Tyrion. All right. He's at the broad. Yeah, no, I, I can see, I can see it. I'm not sure that it would affect me that way. It would have to be a very emotional, like heroic death for me to get really, like he would have to go out doing something very untyrian like. Like, well, I mean, well, Tyrion's brave anyway. He he, he always. Uh, I was about to say. Fun. I was just He's like, what, anyway. what would the, what would be untyrian like is him running away. Well, yeah, that's true. That would be that's that true. would be more untyrian like, or or throwing people under the bus. You know, that would be untyrian like. Uh, I don't don't. I, I, don't 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 count that out just yet. Anyway, uh, Smith, who who would uh who would wreck you? Um, I mean, there's a lot of candidates. Um, I mean, I'm big fans of the Hound and and Davos. Like seeing Davos die would be pretty rough. Oh um, god, damn, that would be bad. You know, you know, because Davos is that one character through the whole series who's you know remained good, and if he were to just die, you know, that would just it kind of be really hard to handle. Um, Arya dying would be would be pretty hard. Um, I feel like she's grown a little less sympathetic since she started going on a murder spree in the past couple seasons, um, as opposed to the first couple seasons when she was just thrown into all these shitty different situations. Um, right. For me, I, I have to say, if Jamie dies. I feel like that's going to be really emotional because because I feel of his like, redemption, right? Yeah, I feel like he's gone through so much, and he's finally, you know, getting away from his sister, and you know that that final scene he had with Cersei when you know she's when he's practically daring the mountain to to kill him, and he finally realized Cersei loves power more than him. I mean, the dude's heartbroken, you know, and. I mean, yeah, he threw Bran out the window in the in the first episode, but and he done, you know, he did some other shitty things, but you can't help but feel for the guy and that he's been in a you know abusive relationship. So I do feel like if he dies, you know, and and again, obviously the manner in which they die matters, you know, big time, um, very important. I feel like he's not going to just die fighting some random whites or something, right? He's going to die. It's gonna have something to do with Cersei, and it's gonna be friggin' painful to watch, right? It's gonna well, be I will tell you yeah. this: there was a there was a theory floating around, and it was not so much a theory as it was one of those uh, those supposed leaks. And this is you guys, if you're listening, this is your chance to turn away now. Um, one of those supposed leaks was that 
um, during the Battle of Winterfell, Jamie sees his chance to fight the Night King. Um, at, at one point, Drogon and uh, Viserion lock up in the sky, and the Night King is knocked off the back of Viserion, and he falls to the ground. And just like in season seven, where he almost killed Danny, he he starts charging at the Night King. Except this time, he lands a uh, lands a blow, and like he stabs the Night King with his Valyrian steel sword. And you think that he's actually won, but whatever happens, something happens, and and Jamie dies, and and Brienne sees it happening, and she tries to cut him off, like she tries to stop him from doing it, and she gets there just a second too late, and he dies in Brienne's arms. So that's that. That was one of those leaks types. Could have been bullshit. Most likely is bullshit. But um, yeah, Jamie yeah. died. Jamie dying in Brienne's arms would be would be a total wreck. I, well, I, it would. I I just I I still feel like whatever if he does go out, Cersei is there. Whether Cersei's doing it or whatever, I feel like they are intertwined and they go out together. Or or world, right? Or at the very least, Cersei, like whichever one of them dies, does it in the presence of the other, <clears throat> right? So if Cersei dies, she does it in Jamie's presence, or vice versa. So, but like I said, either way, I think it, it. I think it'll be. I think his death, if it happens, will be emotional, and I think it'll be hard to to watch because we have grown to enjoy that character. Um, and it's been a long time building, so that's my my vote. I'm going with Theon just because of basically the same thing like Jamie, the, the redemption arc. Fuck, that's and, a good one too. Yeah, like if you if you bring Theon all the way back and he rescues Yara from from Euron, and he dies in the attempt, but he ends up rescuing her. Like he ends up being successful, but he dies afterward. Maybe he takes an injury or something. And she gets a chance to say goodbye to her little brother. That's worth it to me. The payoff, you know, that that would be good for me. So um, I don't know. I, I think I think that uh, Theon is one of those emotional characters. Like Isis, you remember last season whenever he had the PTSD and he jumped off the side of the ship. That was that was super emotional, you know. And then he asked, you know, John gives him a second chance and. He asks John for advice, and then he goes and gets his ass kicked and earns the respect from the Ironborn. It's a big circle, and if he if he ends up dying in Yara's rescue attempt, then it'll be an emotional death for me. I guess it'll be a good all the deaths at this point, with the exception of like Euron and Cersei, would be pretty emotional. I think, <laughs> but um. Isis, have you had a chance to look at the first picture from the set of season eight, the first official? Yeah, the one that was on the inter- on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I yeah, I did get a chance to see that. I mean, of course. Let's Twitter, talk like, about that. Yeah, Twitter like blew up when this came out, and of course, there was no way you were going to avoid this. I mean, that you can tell like it's been a long Game of Thrones drought when people are over here just salivating over a cover <laughs> of uh, of Game of Thrones, and um, and on it they had uh, you know of course John looking very John. Uh, you know, he's got his beard going on, his hair slicked back. Uh, he's in his furs and everything. And uh, he's got a very, very cuddled up Danny uh, next <laughs> to him. And I, and just I just want to say this. She looks really super washed out. Uh, I don't know what they were going for. Like if they were just like, you know, going for the contrast of light and dark. Because as you can see, you know, she has a very you know, light coat on, um, but it, it also is very reminiscent of the episode of when she came and saved uh, John and everybody else from the, uh, from the, the whites um, in last season. Right, right. Uh, where that one was like, streaks through it. yeah, it's got red streaks through it, which, you know, I think is definitely, and her gloves are both, are read, are uh, read, are red as well. Yeah. And I think that really kind of, goes to that whole you know fire blood 
you know, kind of context. That's what they're trying to show us, you know, the stark, you know, darkness and everything like that, where, you know, the red um, kind of goes there and then she has the white of the like kind of snow. Um, but I, I definitely feel like the red was to give us some major vibes. And that, let me just tell you, um, it's really interesting because her coat, you know, has that really long fur at the very top which mm-hmm. to me looked very Stark-like. Yeah, like she's taken on the whole, well, you know, a lot like when Brienne and Davos, when they when they joined John and Sansa up north, they started wearing furs like that. Yes, and so yeah. to me that was very kind of telling of, you know, very, you know, while she was still being very ornate and she still had the, the, you know, the images of, of the red, you know, the blood and fire and things like that. Um, she was taking on more of, you know, maybe her partner who is John, um, maybe his kind, and, and maybe I'm just reading into things, which is very well that, 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 you know, that'll happen. But I did feel like her makeup was super muted. Like it was her lip color was like a brown earthy color. She looks uh, like she's actually cold. Yes, like she's very, very cold, um, you know, looks like she has no makeup on whatsoever, like super fresh face, um, <laughs> you know, at, at least before she at least had some color to her face a little bit. Um, definitely looks like, yeah, she's she's definitely kind of, like I said, very washed out, um, you know, like she's just, yeah, I, I, I think it's a great picture. Um, but the, what really struck me was that jacket. And I was just like, that jacket is absolutely everything. And that stole, I guess that you would be calling it is a, the stole fur. Um, it it just really kind of gives me the feeling that she's kind of picking up, um, those Northern things. Embracing the North. Yeah. She's embracing the North. She's embraced him in bed and embraced (laughs) him in her life. I, I ballpark figure. How many times do you think they've 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 knocked one out since that that that, that first one? Okay, so how long? Because you you book readers may know this. How long <laughs> would it take them to get where they were at to to Winterfell? Hey, Smith is the map guy. Ask him. Is, is that is that going to be like a moon? Uh, like uh, a whole month? Yeah. I don't think it was a whole month. Um. I'd say a couple of weeks because I know like Stannis does the journey and, and a fortnight. Like, yeah, so I think a couple of weeks, obviously depending on weather or whatever. But um, I mean, so yeah, significant amount of times because. So let's let's say. What else are you doing on a boat? Yeah, I mean, so let's let's talk about this. So it's about probably about what, uh, two or three knot times. And let's be honest. You know, Danny's a little bit more experienced than John. So, uh, he's got a new toy. And he's gonna... He's, he's gonna wear that shit out. God damn it! So, he's gonna, he, he's gonna put a hole in that fucking bed. Uh, and, well, uh, so, at least we know from Egret that he knows how to use his mouth the correct way. Well, I mean... God, I love that man. Um, so, yeah, so I, like I said, I'm just saying that um, it's long. They're going to do it as many times as it's going to be to get her pregnant because that is my season eight prediction. Boom. She gets prego. I like it. You know what? I, I How could she not, right? Like, I know there's supposed to be that whole prophecy thing. I think the prophecy's bullshit, honestly. I think we're going to find that out. But she's going to get off the ship and she's going to be like, man, I still feel motion sick. And she's going to be riding to the gates of Winterfell going, man, I still feel really motion sick. Yeah. She's going to be preg. She's going to get preggers. Oh, I think Melisandre is going to tell her quick, fast, in a hurry. Girl, you pregnant. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hell, I think Tyrion's gonna be like, "Hey, girl, you got that moon tea? Mm-hmm. You need to get on that moon tea while they're on the boat." He the moon slip- tea. He's he gonna be slipping her that moon tea and be like, "Here, girl, I got you some tea. Here you go." <laughs> no, actually, Tyrion wants her to have a child because I mean, he's talked about the the um, uh, in last season 
you know, who, who is going to be the next in line. So uh, while I think he is, he is genuinely worried because uh, that look on his face after he saw John, you know, he's uh, super jelly. Oh, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, I think he's, he really does care for, for Danny and he hoped that, yo, Hey, can, can I, can I, can, can I get a shot? Um, but he had no shot. And, um, and so anyway, I just, can I a brother like, get a shot? Can a brother get a shot? Uh, so anyway, so I, I think Melisandre is going to be the one, if she's still alive, she's going to, they're going to, she's going to be like, mm, girl, that, that is the prince that has promised right there. Oh, snap. Yeah. I'm well, hey, Smith, we got a little bit of a description uh, of the first episode, didn't we? Um, basically, it's going to mirror the very first episode of uh, Game of Thrones, where King Robert and his whole court came riding through Winterfell, except this time it's going to be John and Danny, right? Yeah, and and it kind of confirmed we we had a leak a long time ago that said the first scene takes place right outside Winterfell. Um, but then, yeah, in, in Hibbard's um, little preview piece, he said that, yeah, it's basically going to mirror that the first scene of the series, or well, not the first scene of the series, but the first scene where King Robert arrives and, and Ned greets him in the courtyard. And so in, in this case, it's going to be Sansa, uh, greeting John and Danny as they come home, and that you know that image that we have from the the year end wrap up that yeah HBO the does. The, uh, the Sansa San- the side eye right where she's hugging John and but obviously looking at somebody else, and in this case, like we all thought, she's looking at at Danny, and you know obviously doesn't trust Danny at first glance because yeah she's bringing home the new. Girlfriend. Or she's looking at the Hound, or she's looking at Tyrion. I think it, I think it's pretty clear she's looking at Danny and just being like, "Yo, uh, who the fuck are you?" Um, but yeah, it's gonna mirror that, and and Danny's gonna ride into Winterfell with her dragons, and and you know probably a good part of her entourage. Um, I mean, the rest of her of her homies are are marching, and she's on a ship, so they'll be a little bit behind, but. Yeah, I mean that that's that kind of confirms what we had heard a while back, which is pretty exciting. Um, so we've gone through a lot of uh, prequel news. Uh, we know that it's starting in April uh, of 2019. Um, before we sign off tonight, um, Isis, I got to get from you. If you if you're gonna go with, we know it's gonna come back in April of 2019. What's your best guess when in April? First, middle, end? Mid-April. Mid-April. Smith, I know you got some thoughts. Didn't we pretty much narrow it down to, I think it's the third weekend in April, like the 23rd or something like that? Whenever. Uh, um, uh, Big Little Lies. Season three. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they pretty much eliminated Big Little Lies jumping in the middle. So, when True Detective Season 3 ends, um, it just depends if they take a week off or not, right? Right. If, or if they double it up and they premiere Game of Thrones at, on the finale of, of True Detective, um, which I, I don't... I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it, Game there, of Thrones... There's no, there, yeah. there's no incentive. Right. Game of Thrones doesn't need a lead-in. No, exactly. exactly. Right. So most likely, I think we're looking at the third weekend in April, um, unless they decide to take a week off, you know, for whatever reason. Um, but at the I, very, I, I don't think there's going to be weeks off. And let me tell you this: um, with every episode, we already know from uh, David Nutter and from like um, Ian Glenn have both said this several times that each episode is like feature length. And, like, David Nutter even said that, like, it's going to be longer than the normal episode. They can't, they can't be another drama, hour-long drama, in the, before or after. Right. Yeah, because it'll, yeah. And, I mean, and who's, I mean, who's tuning in, you know, waiting, oh, let's get this Game of Thrones show out of the way so I can watch. The Deuce. Uh, yeah, The Deuce or something. Right, exactly. <laughs> Nobody's. Vinyl. Oh, right. Th- those Sundays that it's on, that, you know, H, that's. 
all that is basically on HBO. That's all they're going to be pushing. So mm-hmm. it's going to have the night to itself. And yeah, the episodes are going to be, I, I don't know if it will end up being, you know, like two hours long. That seems incredibly excessive. But I could definitely see each one being around an hour and 20 minutes or something like that. And then, of course, the, you know, some of the battle episodes being, you know, longer than that, maybe an hour 30 or a little longer. And then the finale, I mean, good Lord, the finale is probably going to need a bathroom break. You know, I mean, it's got to be. Intermission. Yeah. I mean, intermission. Absolutely. Now, I I think what they're going to do is probably put, um, which is something that they do already, is they put a 30 minute show right after Game of Thrones. Um, I gotta mean, find out when Veep is coming because whenever Veep is, that might be one of the thirty-minute shows. It could be, it could be Veep. It could be um, even. Um, oh my gosh, uh, the guy that does the the political um, satire stuff. Oh, John Oliver. Uh, John Oliver. Or he's late. Be, he's like ten o'clock. He he's usually like the last one. Yeah, so it could be him or even the one about the internet show. Um, you know where Slip they're. On Silicon Valley, that's it. Yeah. Silicon Valley has been one of those that comes on right after Game of Thrones. Right, so right. I really, it's not going to be an hour long show that's going to be piggybacked on the back of that. It's going to be a 30 minute show. Right, right. Okay, well, guys, thanks for listening to our first episode back from our month long break. I know some of you had had been have been asking me on Twitter and on Facebook, like, hey, yo, Razor wins. Our next episode of Take the Black, we miss you guys. And I did want to give a, a, a shout-out to a special listener um, who messaged our Winners Coming Facebook page and was like, hey, um, you know, where the hell is Razor and Isis and Corey Smith and Corey Thone? I need to talk to you guys. So um, I want to give her a special shout-out. Thanks for listening to the show. For you know, I'm sorry I don't have all my names in front of me, but you know who you are. <laughs> Razor so thanks for listening. Sorry, I know I'm I'm awful, but thanks for listening. You to should the have show. messaged me because I would have yeah. at least gave you yeah. a shout. ISIS will always remember names. I'm terrible at names, but um, thanks for listening to the show, you guys. And um, we'll be back in two weeks to talk more Game of Thrones news. So for myself, for ISIS, and for Corey Smith, we hope Corey Thone comes back next time. But you know what? He could have another ouchie or another boo-boo or something, and he might not be able to record. He so. just needs to put some tuss in all this. Little tuss. Little tuss. Little tuss and a little bit. <laughs> all right, guys. Vlad Mogul.